Welcome to PantherCast, the official podcast of TMI Episcopal, where we share stories from our alumni, updates about the school, and help you reconnect and discover what the TMI community is all about. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another PadreCast episode of the TMI PantherCast podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Gish, Director of Community Relations. Today, I have a special surprise for PadreCast number four. We're bringing you the audio from last night's Headmaster Social and State of the School Address. And now, here's your TMI Headmaster, Father Scott Brown. Good evening, TMI. Who would like to um, ditch this and meet me for a hot nine starting on hole number 10? Anybody interested in a little, well, Mr. Ridewood is interested. The one honest person in the room. Uh, no, welcome. Welcome to the Dominion Country Club to our second annual Headmasters Social. We're delighted that you came to spend some time with us this evening. Uh, fear not if there's a poll between you and me. I'm a little bit of a pacer, and so the poll will come and go as I move around the room. We're delighted to have a great turnout, so come on in. There's plenty of uh, space around the outside. Um, we'll be together for about 25 minutes, and then we'll continue with reception and uh, drinks and appetizers. I always think that every sermon I've ever given is two to three minutes. In my head, it's like two to three minutes, and even if the video shows it's 30 minutes, in my head it was two to three. And so in my head, we're gonna be here like 20 minutes. And so just know that um, my intention is to uh, um, present you with some great information and then let you go home, all right? So I wanna start off by thanking some people. I wanna start off by thanking our uh, advancement team, Belinda Benavitez, Valerie Tamez, and Emily Bates. Where are you three? I think you're probably outside with Paula Allen. You, um, you and the advancement team, big round of applause to our advancement team who puts this event together. Our advancement team had the alumni event uh, about a week or so ago, this event tonight, and then homecoming around the corner. So they have been really busy and continue to uh, do things to make nights like tonight possible, and we're grateful for them. There are several uh, Board of Governors in the room tonight. If you're on our Board of Governors, will you either stand or wave your hand so that we can recognize you? Um, so tell the Board of Governors thank you for what they do. And then faculty and administration that is here. If you're uh, on the TMI faculty and administration, please raise your hand and so that you can be recognized and see everybody. So I also point those people out because the intention of tonight is really to pull back the curtain and um, open up our, um, our stories to you, open up our community to you. And so if you have any questions tonight, we're here uh, to visit with you and to serve you. So know that the administrators are not only here for a glass of wine and an appetizer, they're here to visit with you as well. So please make sure that you take advantage of them being here as well. I'm gonna give you a lot of information in this 25 minutes or so that we're together. Fear not, um, our podcast, which many of you have already listened to, run by Stephanie Gish up here, this will be the Padre cast for this week, this audio. And so you can go back and listen to this audio on the, on the PantherCast uh, tomorrow, correct, Stephanie? And then we also have video on YouTube so you can share it with people that you would like to share it with. So just know that there's no need to take down notes um, diligently tonight. This information will be presented back to you through our podcast and through uh, YouTube, okay? So as I get started tonight, I just wanna start off really by thanking you. 
And I say this often, I'm a parent at TMI as well, um, we hold the responsibility that you entrust to us uh, with great gratitude and thankfulness. I mean, you, you give us the most important gift God ever gave you, your son and your daughter, and we do not uh, take that responsibility lightly. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for trusting us. Your child spends more time with us during the week than they do with you. And so that is, uh, that is something that we hold very, um, as a high and holy privilege. So thank you. Thank you for trusting us with the greatest gift God ever gave you. Tonight is about transparency and honesty. We want to tell you who we are as a community. Uh, this is our second time to do this event, um, great event last year, and hope, uh, hope that we build on that success tonight. We are celebrating 125 years. One of the greatest gifts of TMI is our legacy, and 125 years, founded in 1893. Um, and so our legacy is strong. That deserves a round of applause. You can clap for that. This is year 125. We will kick off this year of celebrating 125 at our homecoming, which is just around the corner on October 19th and 20th. Football game on the 19th, a Hall of Fame inductions on the 19th. On the 20th um, is the homecoming pass and review. The theme for homecoming this year is staying alive, 125 staying alive. Um, the signature event to celebrate the 125th Homecoming will be kind of the beginning of that celebration. The signature event for us to celebrate our 125th birthday will be Stars Over TMI. Uh, raise your hand if you've ever been to Stars Over TMI before. So it's a great night. We'll have over 400 parents and friends and alumni and folks on campus. Um, it, it was moved off campus a few years ago, and you need to know that this year it's coming back to campus. And so Stars Over TMI is on campus. Um, it was called Stars Over TMI because it was on Stars Lawn with the Stars Over TMI. And so everybody begin now um, praying for great weather on April the 6th. And so Stars Over TMI back on campus. Because we moved to our current campus in the 80s, we're having a throwback 1980s after party. So after Stars is over, the after party is on campus and the spasmatics are coming. So if you know the spasmatics, that's a lot of fun. So uh, Stars Over TMI, April 6th. We will celebrate our birthday um, and do it in great style on our campus. So we also want to make sure that we're here for another 125 years. I say often that I, I work for the next um, generation of leaders. I want to make sure that we continue to set up um, our, um, our entire community to be as strong as it is in 125 years as it is today. It is very important to me, um, and, and I'm honored to be in this spot and then honored to, to make sure that um, in a long time from now, when the 32nd headmaster um, stands before you, that that, uh, that person, he or she, um, comes before you um, with a really strong community. And uh, again, in a very long time from now, um, I look forward to doing that. But this, the, in order to get there, we have to be um, intentional in our strategic planning. And so I want to tell you that our Board of Governors has adopted um, five major goals for this strategic plan. So there's a little, poor little June bug over here. That's, that's not a June bug? So I could do a poll of the room, like how many of you want me to gently escort it out and how many of you want me to stomp on it? Um, but I'm not gonna stomp on it, I'm just gonna escort him. I'm gonna escort him right over there. All right, so now, now this side of the room doesn't have to worry about him. Look at this sweet, that's so sweet. A round of applause, we're taking care of God's creatures. And so uh, I'm a firm believer, if you don't know where you're going, 
Any road will take you there. You've heard that phrase before. And so we have adopted, the board in March of 2017, adopted five major goals in an effort to make sure we know where we're going and why we're going there. And so I'm going to read you these five major goals that were um, board approved in March of um, this calendar year, March of 2017. So our first goal in our strategic plan is to recruit, select, retain, and support the student body to ensure a talented and diverse TMI student body for sufficient size for financial stability. The second major goal is establishing and nurturing a campus community environment that inspires lifelong learning and develops servant leadership skills. Goal number three is to recruit, hire, develop, support, and retain competent and inspired faculty and staff. Goal number four is to develop and implement a superb and innovative academic program, a competitive athletic program, a recognized JROTC program of distinction in a faith-based community. And goal number five is to manage TMI with fiscal discipline, to manage our resources to sustain long-term financial health of TMI and provide resources for future opportunities. I summarize those goals as students, culture, faculty, pillars, stewardship. Those are our five major goals. The board said to us as an administrative team, these are your goals, Scott. This is what we expect from your team. And then those goals were given to us as an administration to put some meat on that and figure out how to live those goals out. So March of 2017, the board approves these five major goals. May of 2017, just before the school year ends, we have a faculty meeting in which we introduce these goals to our faculty and we invite them to join a subcommittee of one of those five uh, goals and come together for the creation of objectives. In other words, how are we gonna know that we are recruiting, hiring, developing, supporting, and retaining competent and inspired faculty and staff? So it'd be smart to ask our faculty and staff. What I'm excited about is that when we invited our faculty and staff to join subcommittees, over 62 faculty and staff said, I want in. I want a voice in that. I want a piece of that conversation. And so in addition to their already busy schedules, we have over 60 of our faculty and staff meeting regularly on subcommittees to develop objectives to help us live out these major goals. We have a board meeting tomorrow on Monday of next week, for the first time, the committee chairs of those five subcommittees will meet with a small group from the Board of Governors, the Strategy Committee, to begin to express those objectives with the hope of coming up with somewhere between 15 and 18 objectives to help us accomplish these five major goals. Those objectives will be organic, built from our faculty and staff, with the input of our faculty and staff, with the support of our board, and I cannot wait to share with you our major objectives, and then we will prioritize those, because we can't do 17 objectives in one year. We will prioritize those over this long-term strategic plan and present those back to you. Again, if we don't know where we're going, any road will take us there. This process is intended to make sure that we know where we're going why we're going there, and what resources we need to get there. Strategic planning is important, and I'm excited to be a part of it. As an independent school, we are free, independent, to set our own philosophy, set our own culture, set our own vision, and this strategic plan will allow us to make decisions that best support our mission, our vision, our goals. Exciting? I think so. However, we're not going to wait to do things that need to be done on our campus. If you've been to campus lately, especially if you hadn't been to campus in a while, I hope you've noticed that some things are updated. 
We were able to do a lot of stuff this past summer to help improve mission-appropriate improvements, strategically decided improvements for our capital plant, for our physical plant. Um, if you haven't been to the cafe, I will buy you a cup of coffee in the cafe. Come by and see us. Cafe 18 is a great addition. Um, your students are loving it. It's um, packed every day. It's a great place for community. Um, it's in the theater, old theater. It's in the lobby of the Black Box Theater. Come to Cafe 18. Um, great new addition to our community. If you haven't been to the library lately, the library got all new furniture. It really feels collaborative. It feels like a learning center up there. Students are sitting in small groups, having conversations, studying, working. The library is fantastic and looks wonderful. A new podcast studio was created in the library. As I referred to earlier, you hopefully have heard um, the podcast that we've been able to put together. We brought new Clever Touch boards to all the classrooms that needed updated boards, and every faculty office got renovated this summer. Um, we did some renovations to the refectory to draw our themes from the year and continue to put those before our students. And then we were able to take one of our uh, two gyms and completely renovate it with new logos, new floor, all of that um, exciting new initiatives that we continue to do even as we wait on bigger projects um, through the strategic plan. I want to tell you that you have heard rumors of capital improvements on the campus of TMI for years. I heard they're going to build this building. I heard they're going to build that building. The strategic plan has to come first. You got to know why we're going where we're going before we know what we're building. The board meets tomorrow. The strategic plan committees meet on Monday. And very, very soon, I am confident that we'll be able to tell you what we're doing in terms of capital improvements. But whatever we're doing, in terms of capital improvements will be connected and tied to the strategic plan because that makes sense. And so be patient with us as we have exciting news to come. I don't know what that will be because we haven't met as a committee with all the strategic planning committees yet and we'll have new, um, uh, new improvements. I guarantee you they're coming, but they'll be rooted in strategy, not just because they're shiny. Fair enough? All right, so last year I showed you a slide similar to this one, and I was able to just pull back the curtain and show you our financials. And many of you said, never seen that before. Wonderful, best slide of the night. And so in an effort to continue that, I show you our 2018-2019 budget. We operate on $13.2 million in revenue and expenses. So I want to break that down a little bit for you. I want you to know that of that $13.2 million in revenue, 88% of that revenue is tuition revenue. Your tuition dollars cover 88%. 3% from endowments and scholarships, 3% from other revenue like rentals of our facilities, and then 6% of our operating income comes from annual giving. Stars over TMI and the TMI fund, also known as the annual fund. We work that number into our revenue budget. So for 18-19, we have budgeted about $750,000 for annual giving. Again, that comes from the TMI fund and stars over TMI primarily. Those are the two major sources of income into the annual fund. So we're already gonna expect to get 715 in giving because 88% tuition is wonderful, but it does not cover the total expenses of 13.2 million. Take those two numbers, that's the operating budget, and then take out of that what we do in terms of capital improvements. And so we're gonna spend, have spent some, and will spend around $435,000 this year in capital improvements. Some of that is for program, majority of that is for IT and security, and some of that is for facilities and equipment. So 
where does the 435-950 come from? The 435-950 comes from annual giving, the excess over the 6%, anything over we receive, and it comes from reserves. If we don't want to dip into our reserves, we've got to raise more money. And so um, you see here that tuition covers 88%. Um, and you need to know that because um, your ability to, uh, to support us in the TMI fund, um, which is coming on the next slide, is really what bridges the gap between um, the, the, 13 point, the 88% and the 100%. I want you to also know that we are very intentional about good stewardship. We have a PRISM account. A PRISM account is basically a rainy day fund. We have a PRISM account that is right around $1 million. That fund exists for major improvements that are unexpected. We're a 30-year-old campus. We need a new roof. We need a new chiller. We have a major problem with facilities. We use PRISM funds to help fix that problem. I tell you that because zero dollars of your annual giving goes to pad our PRISM fund. We're not asking you to support TMI through the TMI fund or through STARS so that the PRISM can be um, uh, padded. We're going to take care of roof leaks. We're going to take care of problems in the facilities that need taken care of. Your TMI dollars, your generosity to the TMI fund, are going to make TMI great today. We'll take care of the facilities because we're good stewards and we have our PRISM fund, which allows us to do so. Um, so the TMI fund is the most important place for you to give um, in order to help us um, reach our full potential. I'll tell you this much. Um, the bottom line is your giving helps TMI this year. Do you see that? Your, TM, your giving to the TMI fund isn't something that goes in a reserve and then we're going to draw on that in a couple of years. Your giving to the TMI fund goes to the 2018-2019 budget today. So your giving makes our programs better today, supports our faculty today, supports our initiatives today. Um, we take that very seriously and your support helps us lead today. Now I'll tell you this about the TMI fund, which is very exciting. The TMI fund is not something that we believe comes from the outside in. We believe it comes from the inside out. So we began about 42 days ago asking our faculty and staff to contribute to the TMI fund because we think that we should put our money where our mouth is. We have over 90% of our faculty. Our goal was by October 1st. Today is September 26th. We have 90% of our faculty who have given to the TMI fund already. That is a record for us. Um, it is enormous because it shows our faculty is behind what we are doing. We have raised more money and a higher percentage than we ever have in our faculty, and it's only September the 26th. Our faculty is, is not only um, giving blood, sweat, and tears. They're giving their dollars to support um, the mission and ministry of TMI, and we're excited about that. Why is it important for you to give? For a number of reasons. One of it is, is um, that it is an important um, statistic among donors, especially grants, as they look to um, support TMI, and we need grants to help us in this other and in endowments and scholarships. We need grants to help us with financial aid, with various projects on our campus. Grants will often look at parent participation in the TMI fund as a metrics to see how healthy that community is. 
And so your gift, regardless of the size of your gift, is enormous in helping us tell the communities that we ask to support us that we have a community that is behind our mission and our vision. And so it's really important that we have parent support. Uh, in a dream world, we would have 100% faculty and 100% parents. That's just as simple as it gets. Um, regardless of the dollar amount, we would have 100% because that is an outward sign of support and um, encouragement for the, the direction we're going in. I want to show you a little video about the TMI Fund that um, makes this come alive. Let me tell you a little bit about life at TMI today. Uh, last year, if you um, were here, you know that our theme for the year was community. We belong to one another from the Book of Romans. This year, we've built on that theme, and our theme is respect. Respect the dignity of every human being. I think a group of people is not a community until that group of people starts caring mutually for one another. We're just a group of people until we start respecting each other and sharing a mutual concern of one another, and then we become a community. And so this idea of respecting the dignity of every human being is our theme for the year, and we have held that theme out and will do, just as we did the theme of community. I also believe that we don't get to stop being a community because that was so last year. Um, we get to continue to be a community and build on that community by respecting the dignity of every human being. Some ways that that has begun to manifest itself in our community, um, you may know this from your sons and daughters, but we no longer have demerits um, for civilians in our conduct policy. Now that does not mean that we do not have a conduct policy. As I shared with some of you at my house when the Family Association came over, um, we believed that in a theme of respect, a system in which students were given demerits, and sometimes not even told they got a demerit, and then sometimes, um, didn't even know why they were in detention, didn't actually help um, change the behavior of the child. And so we've eliminated demerits for our civilian students. The reason we have demerits for our core students is it's a requirement per the JROTC standards, and so the core has its own set of a demerit system. But for our civilians, this is a novel idea. If a student has his shirt untucked, the teacher says, hey Johnny, tuck in your shirt. If his shirt's untucked later in the day, the teacher says, hey Johnny, didn't I tell you to untuck your shirt? Yes, why didn't you untuck, why is it untucked again? Well, I forgot. Okay, I'll see you at lunch detention. Conversation ensues, correction changed. Johnny's not gonna tuck, untuck his shirt again. If he does, we'll have another conversation about it. But it falls under this theme of respect. So it does not mean, contrary to my 15-year-old who believes that we're now gonna be uh, completely chaotic at TMI because we have no more demerits, um, you can ask Mr. Ridewood, who's here, that we have seen um, less disciplinary action, uh, incidents this year. Respect is the theme of the year. In light of that, you have on your, pay, on your table an institutional educational philosophy, also which comes out of a, a, a desire to focus on respect. Take that home with you, read that. We have not had an institutional philosophy um, stated in this way in a very, very, very long time. This philosophy allows our faculty to understand what it is that we say we value and hold up. And so um, that philosophy, I want you to know a couple of things about that philosophy. I'm going to read you one statement from it amongst many I could choose. Once a student commits themselves to TMI, we commit ourselves to that student. Academic excellence is not solely defined as seeing all students excel in their coursework. Rather, it is defined in the more noble endeavor of nurturing and guiding each student to grow as much as possible in our courses and reach the highest possible level of his or her individual student growth. Again, respect. Now this is not Scott's institutional philosophy. 
This is not what Scott believes. This is who I believe we were founded to be in 1893. This is who I believe we have always been called to be. I, um, this philosophy comes up from our pillars, from our core values. What are our core values? Wisdom, integrity, service, excellence, reverence. When we take those core values and who I believe we were founded by the Episcopal Diocese to be in 1893, what comes out of that for me is this uh, philosophy, which allows us to help reach the full potential of every individual child. Now, I'll be really honest with you. I feel like at times we, TMI, have failed to support all students in our community. I think we have lost students in previous years because we didn't focus on respecting them as an individual child. And if a student is going to leave TMI while I am your headmaster, I want that to be an extremely difficult decision. I do not want that to be an easy decision. And so we have to respect the dignity of every one of our students, which means we can, I believe this wholeheartedly, we can support a variety of different students. We will continue to be a, a college preparatory school that sends our students to top tier colleges, that get amazing scholarship offers, that are academically challenged. We will not water down our academic program, but we can also do that and respect the dignity of every child that comes through our door. We are better if we're diverse, and I believe that wholeheartedly. Our students will be prepared for college and will be prepared for life, and we can support a variety of students in that endeavor. We have supported a variety of students in that endeavor, and we continue to be diverse, not just in our learning of our students, not just in the capabilities of our students academically, but also across the board. Over 50% of our students are students of color. That's a really great number, and I'm very proud of that, and we have more work to do in that, but I'm very proud of that. I'm also very proud of our retention rate. The National Association of Independent School average is about 90% retention. TMI stays in the 92, 94, 92% over the last couple of years. So we have done a really good job of retaining our students better than our peer schools have. Our admissions office works its tail off. Over 125 new students come through our admissions uh, office. Well, almost 500 come through the admissions office. 125 admissions every year. That's a lot of new students for um, Aaron and Alana to uh, recruit, retain, and support, which is why now we have Zandra Cook. Zandra comes to us from uh, UT in Austin, her master's degree I'm going to make sure I get this right. Her master's degree is in higher education and student affairs. For the last six years, she's been at UT. Don't hold that against her Aggies. And she was at Baylor before that, uh, doing admissions at those two places. And so we're honored to have uh, Zandra with us, who helps us in our efforts to attract uh, great students um, and um, support them along the way. We gave $1.4 million in need-based financial assistance to over 20% of our student body uh, this year. And that's wonderful. That allows us to find mission-appropriate students who would unable, be unable to come to TMI without those dollars and get them here because we are better when we are diverse. Our enrollment is about 475 today and will be about 4, 465 today and projected to be 475 next year. Our academic initiatives, just like those capital initiatives that I told you about, are driven by what? By a strategic plan. So what are we doing academically? comes back and bubbles out of our strategic plan. 
Um, we, will, we have rolled out the BYOD initiative, the Bring Your Own Devi Device initiative. It has gone very, very, very smoothly for us. I hope your sons and daughters are still bringing their little charged computers every day. We have charging stations all over the campus. We have e-textbooks, which now means that our 70-pound sixth grader doesn't have to carry 70 pounds of textbooks. Um, it's really a gift to them. Yet, we still use textbooks and books in our library. We, still, we, find, we do a good job of finding that balance, and that has gone off really, really, really well. Um, we've also done um, professional development continues to be very important to us. We increased our professional development budget by uh, $40,000 this year to help our teachers be uh, lifelong learners and be more prepared um, to, to raise your sons and daughters and deliver a, a high academic pro, uh, uh, program. And so we're thrilled with the professional development we've been able to do. We've been doing curriculum alignment. Every school should do curriculum alignment. We have just finished another round of cur curriculum mapping and alignment under the leadership of Jill Cross, uh, Victoria Banks, and Matt uh, Blake. And so that allows us to make sure that we are um, having flow from sixth grade to 12th grade. We know where we're headed from the minute your student walks in our doors in sixth grade and where we want them to be at the end of 12th grade. Experiential learning is obviously big for us. On the middle school side, we take a lot of opportunities to get your 6th, 7th, and 8th graders off campus and do experiential learning. I kind of want to go back to high school again because the trips they get to take are pretty fantastic. I have a couple to tell you about. Um, a group will go to Mexico City um, in the spring, uh, Dominica this summer, the island of Dominica uh, this summer for a research trip. Mr. Friedrich researched all kinds of opportunities. The last thing he wanted was to find some place where our students go and watch scientists do research. So he found a place where they will do research. And so we're sending about 20 kids uh, to the island of Dominica, which I thought was Dominica, but I'm not going on the trip for that reason. Um, they're going to the island of Dominica. <laughs> We also have a wonderful program. If you have students in 8th, 9th, or 10th grade, I hope you know about this GAP program. Um, it's uh, with this, our school, a sister school, new sister school in Germany. So next school year, we have about 20, how many, Jill, how many students? 15 German students coming to spend three weeks? Two weeks with us. They'll live in homes, they'll attend school with us, and then in the summer of 2020, we'll send students to Germany to partner with them. And so if you don't know more about that, Joe Cross, wave your hand over there. Joe Cross, our Dean of Curriculum and Instruction, can tell you about that. Is there any openings left? We are in the application process right now. There you go. Application process now if you want um, to learn more about your child uh, going to Germany um, in the summer of 2020. Let me tell you some data which I think is important that you see. Um, our students continue to uh, dominate and uh, do very, very, very well uh, compared to our peer schools. Um, our 2017 SAT scores, 1310 average. The Texas average is 1020. The national average is 1060. The class of 2018 average of 1280 on the SAT. Of the 76 seniors that graduated last year, we sent two to Ivy League schools, 30 to Texas colleges, spread, off, spread out across 37 colleges two military academies, some international schools, and two in a GAP program. So our seniors continue to impress and do well. We continue to provide um, value for your dollars because I know that even if respect and community is important to you, you invest in TMI because you have high expectations for your child academically, and you need to know that we continue to deliver on that. Our core cadets um, continues to be our keepers of tradition. 1893, they make us proud every day. I'm always honest, and I'll tell you that our numbers in the Corps of Cadets are lower than I'd like for them to be. 
Um, today we have 99 cadets in our Corps. Uh, we average about 115 over the past 15 years. Last year we were at 119. Upper school is at 75%. Middle school actually has a little bit of a bump at 24%. Our cadre is aware of this, continues to focus on this. Uh, Major Joe Claiborne is back at TMI. He's a member of the cadre and doing a great job in helping with our recruiting. I have some thoughts on why I think numbers are down in the core. One of, the, one of my um, firm beliefs, and um, the Colonel and I have talked about this a lot, is that the TMI experience has become all-encompassing. There's so much on your sons' and daughters' plates, and often they just keep filling more things on their plates, and the core is optional. So when a student leaves the core, the number one reason they leave the core is it just doesn't fit in their school schedule anymore, their upper school schedule anymore. And so um, as we are aware of that, one of the whole strategic goals is about the four pillars. We know that we have to do a better job of balance on our community, and I'll say more about that in a minute. Um, but, but know that we um, are proud of the 98 cadets, 99 cadets that have chosen to be in the core. I believe this wholeheartedly. Every um, uh, poll we've ever taken, any survey we've ever done, you have said this to us. You have said, even if my child's not in the core, we believe that the core of cadets is an important part of the TMI community. We will ask you a million questions, and the one question that gets the most support from you is that question. Everybody believes that the core makes us a better community. So I want to ask you, invite you to join me and encourage your sons and daughters, even if they are not in the core, to show respect and, thanks and thankfulness to those 99 cadets that continue to be the keepers of tradition on our campus and deserve our support. So thank you to core parents. And if you're not a core parent, I would encourage you to help your sons and daughters be supportive of their classmates that are, because they are the 125-year-old keepers of tradition. So thank you to the core. If you spend any time with me, you know that sports is a vital, um, is something I'm very passionate about. I think uh, great athletic programs make us a better school all the way around. Under that same umbrella of respect, we have made a shift from an ineligibility policy to an eligibility policy. Um, I never was a fan of, the, of, of believing that if my son had a D in a class, not letting him play basketball on Tuesday night was going to make him get a C in the class. Um, and so we have shifted that philosophy. Why? Because very few independent schools have an ineligibility policy like the one we had. Very few independent schools have ever shown any data to support that keeping a student out of a play, out of an um, event, out of an athletic event that they're passionate about actually helps them academically. We actually have the reverse data. If you have a baseball player that plays baseball for Patrick Davis and Troy Eason, he can show you the numbers that his baseball players make better grades during baseball season than they do the rest of the year. Because when you have faculty and coaches that support the whole child, that support everything that we do and hold their student athletes accountable, their grades will go up. So we also believe that if you have grades that are struggling, you need to be in class. So the eligibility policy is this. If you have a grade below 70, meaning a D, one grade below 70, and your team is leaving school to go somewhere, you can't miss class. You need to be in class. Your grades are struggling. After school, you can go play sports. After school, you can go be in the play. That's a, that's a, a 
a policy built on respect and um, what we think is best practices among independent schools. Athletics continues to be strong for us and, and it's something I'm very, very, very passionate about. Um, just like the core has had ebbs and flows with numbers, athletics has had ebbs and flows with numbers. And I can tell you some great data on our athletic program on the rise in many areas. For the first time in several years, we have a sixth, a seventh, and an eighth grade volleyball team. We have not had three middle school volleyball teams in a very, very long time. We anticipate having sixth, seventh, and eighth grade basketball teams in both boys and girls. That's wonderful for us. That is building a foundation of athletic programs, and we've not been able to do that in the past, and so we're excited about that new energy. We have a middle school football team for the first time in a couple of years, and so we're building this energy. Uh, we're building programs that are meant to do more than just participate. Um, I told the middle school football team the other day, there's two types of competitive athletes. There's the competitive athlete that loves to win, and there's the competitive athlete that hates to lose. <laughs> and I am a competitive athlete that hates to lose. Uh, I do not like losing. And I told them this um, on the football field of St. Mary's Hall after they got beat uh, 15 to 14 or something to St. Mary's Hall, and I just was telling, don't you dare lose to those people ever again. <laughs> Um, we want to build. <laughs> we want to build athletic teams that take pride in their school and want to win, but want to represent. And having middle school teams in volleyball and middle school teams in, in football definitely helps build that program. We also have committed to having great coaches. Uh, Polo Gutierrez, as you know, is back as our head football coach and is building a program. And he's doing that with your support. So football parents, I know it's a lot of time. I know you're up early. I know they're there late. I know that they have more on their plate than, um, than you may like at times. But I'm really proud of, of Becky uh, Geyer and our athletic department um, and Coach Polo and what he's doing in the football program. We also hired another great middle school coach in Coach Duke, who is a teacher coach. So Coach Courtney Duke is back on our campus. And so having coaches that are great in the classroom and can bring um, their gifts to the athletic fields is a home run for us. And then we have Coach Stephanie Barnes, who was named Female Coach of the Year for the state of Texas. Um, and so we are so proud of Stephanie and honored to have her as our swim coach. Uh, she makes us a better place. As I round for home, let me talk for a little bit about balance. And I want to read this quote to you that's up there, and then I want us to soak uh, this quote in for a minute. This is from the Washington Post. Among middle school children, about 80% believe that, yes, their parents truly love them more when they deliver higher grades. In high school, the average is a little higher, about 90%. So, so I tell you that quote because what that quote says to me, that while grades are important, you and I, I have two children at TMI, you and I have swung the pendulum to an unhealthy place where grades are more important at the expense of some other things that are very, very, very important too, like knowing that they are precious, like knowing that they have um, an identity of their own. And so the two words that I often use when I think about what, it, what TMI is all about for me, it's these two words. It's challenge and cherish. And those two words have to go together. Let me tell you what I mean by that. We have to challenge our students. We're doing our job if school is hard. School should be hard. 
We should be challenging your students. We should be challenging them individually to meet their full potential. They should be accomplishing things that they never thought they could accomplish. We should be challenging your sons and daughters. If they come home stressed about their classes, we're doing a good job. Healthy stress about challenging courses is where they should be. And we should be cherishing them. We should be valuing them for who they are. We should be loving them and cherishing them and supporting them in their uniqueness and honoring their efforts, not just their accomplishments. Honoring their efforts, not just their accomplishments. Cherish and challenge working together. Here's what I want you to know about your children. They're going to be fine. They're going to get into great colleges and universities. They're going to thrive. We'll make sure of that. But let's pledge to one another as parents that before they get there, we don't kill them. Let's make sure we keep the main thing the main thing. Fair enough? We will challenge your child and we will cherish them at the same time. I'm honored to be a part of this community that has been cherishing and challenging servant leaders for 125 years. I think TMI is great. I think we are solid and I think our best days are ahead of us. Our community does three things, and we do them to the best of our ability every day. I want our faculty and staff to come to work every day and remember three things. We are crazy about kids. We are crazy about your children. We come to work every day. I, I told faculty and staff, if, if, if you're not crazy about kids and you're coming to work at school every day and teach middle school kids and high school kids and work the hours you work, if you're not here because you're crazy about kids, then maybe you're just crazy. So our faculty and staff are crazy about your kids. They come every day because they love to be in relationship with your children. So we're crazy about kids. We're curious about their lives. We want to know what makes them come alive. We want to pay attention to that individual child and help him or her reach her full potential. Crazy about kids, curious about their lives, all built in a culture of community respect and love. We're going to respect each other, we're going to take care of each other, and we're going to love each other along the way. So thank you for letting me be a part of your child's journey. I love what I do every day, and I'm honored to be the head of a school that's crazy about kids, curious about their lives, and a culture of love. So let's pray. If you can see this, say it with me. Oh, eternal God, bless all schools, colleges, and universities, especially TMI Episcopal that they may be lively centers for sound learning, new discovery, and the pursuit of wisdom, and grant that those who teach and those who learn may find you to be the source of all truth through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Again, thank you for being here this wonderful evening, and enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you. Thank you for listening to TMI's PantherCast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, Please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback and show ideas, so leave us a comment, email, or connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter using at TMI Episcopal. 
For more news, ways to connect, and to learn about upcoming events on campus, visit our website at www.tmi-sa.org.